I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Trump back in the Palmetto State and confident ahead of Saturday's Republican primary against South Carolina's own Nikki Haley. She's down by 30, 35 points, and everybody knows her. You're not supposed to lose your home state. Shouldn't happen. She just can't get herself to get out. Dropping out would be the easy route. I've never taken the easy route. Instead, Haley is delivering some of her harshest criticisms of the GOP frontrunner. He's gotten more unstable and unhinged. He's so obsessed with his own demons from the past, he can't focus on delivering a future Americans deserve. Well, those are the words of Nikki Haley there at the end, saying that he is so focused on his past, and that includes, obviously, the most recent court ruling out of New York, the judge's ruling, assessing him 355 to $400 million in penalties and fines. And we're going to get more into that with Leticia James' remarks in a few moments. But let's just deal with the political angle right now, and that is Trump is by far and away the leader for Republicans when it comes to the primary. The South Carolina primary, Nikki Haley's home state, is this Saturday. That will be a major test for her, and all the polls and numbers show right now she's going to lose by 30 points in her home state. Losing to Donald Trump. All right, let's set the stage before we continue. Here we are, Feb 21, 2024. This is the second of two hours of Larry Connors USA. Back to back for you, Monday through Friday night, 6 to 8 p.m. Make sure you are here listening when you can. And I remind you, when on the air, we're also putting up on a stream for you, video, at Larry Connors USA Facebook, Rumble, Twitter, News Talk STL, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter. And if you miss any of it, audio or video, you go to LarryConnorsUSA.com. You'll find both or Larry Connors USA Facebook. We make it real easy for you and glad to have you. I know some of you have a lot of other things going on in your life. You can't be here every night, 6 to 8, but the podcast is always there. So anything you miss or you want to go back and rehear or you want to share with someone, which I always encourage you to share, there are your options. We'll make them available for you. Very easy. Let me take a moment to remind you. You know, there used to be a time when you're a radio station, to have far-reaching effect, you really had to have a blowtorch of a tower, like uh, 50,000 watts or more. And several stations around the nation have that. And, of course, one of them in St. Louis has been known for years that we can listen to the Cardinal baseball all the way down in South Florida. You can listen to Larry Connors USA anywhere. Any program we have on Newstalk STL, not only this program but all the others, simply download the app on your phone. Costs you nothing. Very simple. Again, you go to Newstalk STL and you enter how to listen. And it will take you and show you how to do it. Or just go to Newstalk STL Facebook, dot, or dot com, I should say. It will open up a page. There's an arrow at the top. You push it, and within seconds, you're linked and listening to the broadcast as it's on the air. You can do this all over the country. And many folks, because while we have two very strong FM signals covering a majority of this area, Many are either in and out or some spots where maybe it's not that great of a signal, or you go outside the actual FM signal coverage area. You won't lose this if you've got us on the app and you're listening to it through your Bluetooth in your car. That's so simple. Just like you take a phone call through Bluetooth on your car, you simply log this into your Bluetooth, and we're with you all the way, uninterrupted. You could drive from here to Florida and not miss a single thing. So keep that in mind. All right, back to the battle that's underway between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. 
Remember, it all started with all these other candidates, and now it's down to just the two of them. The last two debates, of course, Trump never attended a single debate this time around. The last one featured only Nikki and DeSantis. The one prior to that was Senator Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, and Governor DeSantis. But Scott got dropped from the second one. So it's been no showcase for Trump except what he did on his own, and he's been getting plenty of it. Obviously, Fox News helping prop him up, but it's not just what they're doing. It's the general attitude of the public. So Nikki Haley, right now, right this moment, as I speak, is facing a defeat in South Carolina come Saturday. I refuse to quit. South Carolina will vote on Saturday. But on Sunday, I'll still be running for president. I'm not going anywhere. Recent polling out today, recently uh, Fox News reported the support of likely voters in South Carolina is going to be over 60 plus percent of likely voters. Now, mind you, Nikki Haley has been looking to recruit Democrats into the primary process to vote for her. And she had a little bit of success with that in New Hampshire. I don't imagine she'll have much success with that in South Carolina. And certainly after South Carolina and she loses there, we got Donald Trump at uh, over 60 percent in Michigan, 52 percent in California. And we're talking Super Tuesday numbers here. There is nowhere to go. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are some who were willing to support her, steal her donors. Democrats are putting money in, etc. But there's no way to go. At this point, she's attempting to be a spoiler. She cannot spoil it. Donald Trump is the nominee in my eyes. The polling says it. We've had multiple elections to confirm it. She needs to move aside. Not likely to listening to her at this point. Anyway, you're listening then to Gino Caldwell, Fox political analyst. You heard Haley say, the election will be Saturday, but come Sunday, I'll still be in the race. Well, at the end of March, we have Super Tuesday. A lot of delegates at stake. She may have the money that keeps her in up to that point. A lot of it coming from Democrat donors, as you heard. But it still will not be enough to take her to a victory lap for the GOP primary. And you were hearing the opinion then of uh, Fox News analyst Gino Caldwell Let me give you another one, a former Republican Georgia congressman, Doug Collins. She's not a spoiler anymore. (laughs) She has become a Democrat talking point. She has now become a de facto uh, spokesman for the Biden campaign because everything she says attacking Donald Trump goes straight to the Biden campaign website. You can see it, and you're going to see it fall in the fall in Senate ads, governor ads, and presidential ads out of her mouth attacking Donald Trump. Her rationale for reasoning was that she was blown up into saying you're a new voice, somebody new in the party. But from early on, this has been over. The the race is over now. The only person that I used to think that she just wanted to get to South Carolina. It's not get to South Carolina anymore. It's to attack Donald Trump. Mm. It almost is beginning to look personal. (laughs) I'd say it is looking personal. You're playing poker with somebody, and they keep betting and re-raising your bet every time. It's personal. It's always personal. Don't believe it when they say it's not. And it's personal personal for Donald Trump to win. Now, those comments by Doug Collins, former Georgia governor, saying she's not going to do it, not going to be successful. Now let me give you a quote from former Republican presidential candidate who dropped out back in January. Ron DeSantis, and he said there is, quote, no question, no question, Trump will have a massive victory over Nikki Haley in South Carolina. But I'm telling you, the Democrats are willing to throw money at her. They're just burning it up, watching it go up in flames right in front of their eyes. And there are Democrats that might be going to Haley. But as you heard Doug Collins say, she's not going to be a spoiler anymore. She's just dead weight and pulling Democrat money down with her. Trump was in Greenville, South Carolina last night for a town hall with Laura Ingram, and one of the discussions involved his VP selections. The audience has uh, been asked who they think would be a good choice, and various names came up. Um, 
one of them was, of course, Vivek Ramaswamy. Yep. He's made a big splash. Ron DeSantis, who's made, making an appearance today in South Carolina, we just found out. Um, obviously, Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, and a, a big uh, presence here for Tulsi Gabbard. Um, very interesting. Um, our, and Christy Nome as well, I should say. Right. Our, our, are they all on your short list, and when can you when can we expect that you will so announce your choice? The one thing that always surprises me is that the VP choice has absolutely no impact. It's whoever the president is. Now, that is true today more than it used to be in the past. In the past, it was very important to bring opposing sides together geographically, and even though you're in the same party, still some... Political differences need to be ironed out. Some had support more of labor than the one candidate would. Some had more support from the South than the North. And I'd mentioned in the previous hour, perfect example, JFK and Lyndon Johnson. They didn't really like each other, but they were good running mates, and they were able to pull the nation together, Johnson bringing Texas and the South with him and, and JFK taking the North with him. Now, out of the candidates you heard mentioned, and you heard Trump say they're all good, they're all good, Senator Tim Scott, South Carolina, Republican, obviously. He does like him. He likes the senator a lot, has mentioned it several times. Vivek Ramaswamy also gave a nod to then. Even Florida Governor DeSantis, brought up by Laura Ingram for the crowd. And then he also later confirmed Byron Donalds, Republican of Florida. Christy Nome was mentioned, South Dakota Governor. Former Democrat Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, she got support as well because she has turned more conservative. One name, the one name that was not mentioned from Arizona, Carrie Lake. That's still a possibility as well. But the real issue for Donald Trump and whoever he chooses is, by law, no person can serve more than eight years in the White House. In this case, if he served the first four He can come back even after a break with another president for a while and can serve again, but only four years. So he will be termed out at the end of that four years if he's elected. And that's why Laura Ingram is saying your choice is much more important than normal. So you can only serve for one term, although they say you'll never leave office, I assume. Uh, yeah, that, you'll do. never leave. There'll never be an ele- another say, election don't again. don't do it. He'll never leave. He's yeah. never going. Oh, these people. They um, are so for that reason, it is important so, who, you're, who you So pick. I think it's very important. But look, first is that, as we said, it has to you know, do with whoever is, you know, it's a very important position for that reason. Uh, you would like to get somebody that could help you from the voter standpoint. And honestly, all of those people are good. They're all good. They're all solid. And I always say, I want people with common sense because there's so many things happening in this country that don't make sense. Who wants an open border? Who wants high interest rates? Who wants all electric vehicles? And they're fine, but you want to have choice. You want to go to combustion. You want to go to uh, any hybrid. I think the hybrid are much better from that standpoint. But you talk, we were talking about faucets. We're talking about we're talking about so much. It's all based on common sense. We want a strong military. We want choice in education. We want to have things that can really make our country great again. And you know, to his credit, I think he did a very good job in that town hall meeting, did not go way off rail, didn't go attacking people, not even Nikki Haley, and all those candidates prior to that meeting last night when they were first all in the running, he was dissing all of them, saying they like this, like that. Well, now he said they're all viable candidates for vice president. I like that. I like that. If he can keep his ego under control, then that's great. But one of the things I know we don't want as part of our future America is that if you are an entrepreneur or you're a small business owner or you're buying a home and you go to apply for a loan and you overstate the value of your property or your assets so you can maybe get a better loan rate, and you know it's maybe a little bit over, but it's not out of line. If it were, the bank would look at it and say, no way. You're claiming your property is worth $5 million. It's not worth 50000 Well, they're not going to give you a loan based on that. But it was that kind of allegation from the Attorney General Letitia James in New York against Trump 
to try to make sure she got him as she campaigned. She would, and then she gets Judge Engeron going along with it and basically finding him anywhere from $355 million to $400 million, and that would need to be put up even before you can begin an appeal, either put in escrow with the court or, be, or money be put up in another way. And Letitia James is making it clear he doesn't come up with the money. We're coming after everything he's got. Four days after a judge ordered Donald Trump to pay $355 million for a decade of fraud, New York Attorney General Letitia James says she's prepared to do everything she can to make sure the former president pays his fine, including, she told us, seizing the buildings that bear his name. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. Trump was held liable for exaggerating his wealth and inflating the value of his real estate so banks would give him low-interest loans. Trump insisted the banks liked doing business with him. They said no victim, no one got harmed, the banks got paid back, so no harm, no foul. Why is that not the case in your view? So financial frauds are not victimless crimes. He engaged in this massive amount of fraud, and it wasn't just a simple mistake, a slight oversight. The variations were wildly exaggerated, and the extent of the fraud was staggering. Staggering. Who got hurt? Who got hurt? The banks were saying, we, we got our money back, and not one of them were part of her lawsuit against Trump. And several saying, we want to do a deal with the guy again. But part of the ruling on behalf of the judge was you bar, you were barred from New York for three years doing business. Not only you, your sons, your estate, everything. And yet they want to tell you, according to the New York governor, Hochul, I don't want my businesses in New York to get worried. Businessmen, don't be worried. This was about Trump. If you're not Trump, you're okay. What if you're a business that supports Trump? <laughs> Maybe you're not so okay. Again, Trump must put 355 plus in escrow with the court or post part of it as a bond with interest at 9%. What I'm looking at here, according to somebody that's developed this, and I'm going to take their word for it, I'm not a statistician and not an accountant, but they're saying he owes 87500 in daily interest on that half-million-dollar fine, 87000 daily, and it will continue to build until he settles that. In other words, every day when you wake up, another $87,000 is added to his fine. And it will happen the next day and the next day. Even if he appeals, he does have to pay up front and could potentially get only some of his money back if he wins. So now she's saying, you know what? We'll just go seize Trump Tower and everything else. That's not prosecution. That's persecution. And there is no victim except Letitia James is able to claim I ran on the campaign to get Donald Trump. I got Donald Trump. Now I'm ready for governor. Governor Hochul's now got to be a little worried, wouldn't you think? Yes, I would. Coming up, in addition to what we're seeing and how we're seeing the left play the story regarding Donald Trump, and not being fair about it at all, if so, you'd have to acknowledge there's no victim. We're going to look at how the leftist media is now trying so hard to demolish conservative media, it's painting itself in a corner. Lock and load, ready on the right. You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. Question, do you know what vermiculite is? It is an insulation in the attics of hundreds of thousands of homes and public buildings. Looks like kitty litter, but often contains asbestos. Wellington Environmental is the largest company in the Midwest that can remove that hazard for you. Wellington has what is called the General, a powerful industrial vacuum that can suck vermiculite out of the attic. Hang, hang on, there's something else you should know. Many of you might qualify for up to a $4,000 rebate. You should at least contact Wellington to see if you qualify. And here's something else. Wellington arrives at the time they give you, not sometime within four hours. 314-644-4930. 
644-4930. WellingtonSTL.com. WellingtonSTL.com. Wellington Environmental. Your world. Cleaner. Better. Safer. Be well with Wellington. Talk radio made in St. Louis. Very exciting what you guys are doing for the St. Louis community. For St. Louis. Relevant local talk. Saying what we are thinking. This is News Talk STL. No, you guys are awesome. I love you. And it really, it's a tremendous honor to be on the station. News, analysis, and opinion. Thanks for us covering the local and global. People, this is America. We better open our eyes. Really local, really good. News Talk STL at 1019-941-NewsTalkSTL.com. Make plans now to be at Lit Cigar Lounge this month. Lit is hosting numerous events. That includes live music. And there's an easy way to check on what is happening and when. You simply go to Lit Cigar Lounge Facebook. By the way, to go to Lit, you don't have to be a member. Everyone is welcome. Just another reason that Lit won Best Cigar Lounge two years in a row. Lit Cigar Lounge in Chesterfield. Lit Cigar Lounge in Chesterfield. Lit Cigar Lounge on Facebook. Hey, St. Louis, my name is Rob Carter. My new primetime show will explore the collaboration between corrupt media and our corrupted political system. From manipulated elections, open borders, mandated medicines, and unconstitutional lockdowns, what is going on? The Rob Carter Show. Let's talk about it on The Rob Carter Show. Join me weeknights from 8 to 10 p.m. on News Talk STL. Rob Carter, live and local, weeknights at 8 on News Talk STL. This is News Talk STL. More now on our breaking news tonight as the former FBI informant who is charged with lying about the Biden family's dealings in Ukraine now says it was Russian intelligence officials who gave him those fake stories. Much of this information from this informant and quite possibly was and quite possibly still is at the center of the GOP's impeachment efforts into President Biden and has been amplified relentlessly by right wing media essentially doing Putin's work for him. There you have it from the leftist CNN and NN talking about this FBI informant that had been quoted, and I've quoted him as well as a source that the GOP was relying on. He was an FBI informant for decades, getting hundreds of thousands of dollars for valid information for the FBI on various cases. And then he came forward and said, I have evidence and knowledge of a direct payoff to Joe Biden. Now, according to the Justice Department, should I use the word Justice Department or should I say Injustice Department? Because right now, the integrity of the entire department is shot. A.G. Merrick Garland does not represent to me ethics and law, maybe to you. Nor does the FBI represent what it used to. You thought it was bad under Hoover. It's really bad now. But the Department of Justice decided to file charges against the FBI informant because they say he manufactured the story about Joe Biden getting money direct from an oligarch for some foreign favor. Do I know what the fact is? I don't. And neither do you. And I don't know if the DOJ knows and is covering it up or now what they're reporting is the true fact and the informant made it up. Listen, when you're dealing with informants, any police officer who deals with them will tell you that snitch is only as good as the last piece of good information they gave you. The next piece may not be worth anything. And in fact, it might lead to you being ambushed somewhere. So it's good that they check and verify. But when you listen to the CNN and NN, everything against Joe Biden and the push for an impeachment hinged upon this informant. It doesn't, but that's their story. 
And here's how they're presenting examples of how the right-wing media kept pushing informant, informant, informant. There are now real and growing concerns that your president, the president of our country, is compromised. How real of a bribery scan, Joe Biden bribery scandal allegation is this? Well, every day this bribery scandal becomes more credible. We already know the president took bribes from Burisma. This is about the big guy himself, Joe Biden, a corrupt career politician who is now very credibly accused of public corruption on a scale this country has never seen before. The most corroborating evidence we have is that 1023 form from this highly credible confidential human source, according to U.S. Attorney Scott Brady. Well, you were listening then to Sean Hannity talk about the FBI informant, and then James Comer, chair of the House Oversight Committee, talking about that informant's information is very valuable. Jim Jordan saying the same. But... They were not just relying on that one informant. I mean, you could not make a case, especially what they're trying to do, if you're relying on the word of one guy and what he claims happened. That just doesn't fly. You're going to have to have proof. And to that extent, there is proof if you look at what has been presented already, and that would be bank records. In fact, House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan is already brushing aside the indictment of the FBI informant, arguing in his quote, his arrest, quote, does not change, doesn't change the fundamental facts of the Republican case against the president. Now again, the Justice Department indicting Alexander Smirnoff last week on claims that he made up the allegations that Hunter Biden and his son each accepted a $5 million bribe. And Jordan said last year, the impeachable offense is, I think the key is, in Burisma. But now, a week after Smirnoff's been arrested and charged, Jordan's downplaying the significance and said, what I mean is, it doesn't change the fundamental facts. The fundamental facts involve, by the way, bank records. Bank records. This informant had nothing to do with those bank records. And yet, if you listen again to the CNN and NN type, this one would be their media critic who supposedly does the things that he knows well about ethics. <laughs> I laugh, I apologize. Oliver Darcy on how the right wing is continuing to ignore facts. Most media and organizations uh, were skeptical of these claims, given what they are, that the former vice president took a $5 million bribe along with his son. And so uh, they treated them with skepticism. Fox News, on the other hand, uh, aired this propaganda, you know, left and right. If you were watching Fox News, you were being inundated with these claims. And if you talk to Republicans and they, they say, you know, Biden is head of this Biden crime family, this crime syndicate. And you wonder why that is. It's because they're being inundated by people like Sean Hannity, who repeated these claims uh, in almost 100 segments just last year uh, with this information. And so if you want to understand why so much of the Republican Party supported, for instance, impeaching the former president uh, last year, it was I think it was like 78 percent of Republicans supported that. You have to understand where they're getting their information. And it's coming from people like Hannity who are lying. And now, of course, now that this is falling apart in public, they're really nowhere to be found. They're either ignoring this or you see people even stoking further conspiracies, saying that basically anyone who speaks out against Biden gets arrested, and that's what happened in this so case. So they're not so, coming out and reporting on the fact that this filing says he's basically been making it all up and getting it from Russian intelligence officers. The night this broke, it was not mentioned by people like Hannity, who have relentlessly amplified this claim. And now they're sort of acknowledging it, but acknowledging it in a way that, again, stokes further conspiracy theories. So are you telling me that's kind of like when the Hunter Biden laptop story broke in advance of the Trump-Biden election? And the FBI notified various news agencies that were friendly to them. Don't touch that story. That's Russian collusion. It's got all the marks of Russian collusion on it. Don't touch it. And so they didn't. Until almost a year and a, a year plus after the election, the New York Times admitted, uh, yes, the laptop does exist, and those remarks and pictures are from the Hunter Biden laptop. The FBI already knew that when they're telling the news organizations it's Russian collusion. Why do we and how do we know that? 
because the FBI has since admitted it had possession of the laptop weeks before the news was going to break. They knew what was on it. Somebody decided to keep it quiet to help Joe Biden. Now, did I hear the leftist media come running out and proclaim the laptop is here and exists? No, no. They're doing the same thing you're hearing Oliver Darcy claim. They were trying to cover it up. They all wanted to buy into the Russian collusion story, which also the leftist media and certainly those at high-ranking positions of government knew was all a lie. Paul Begala is an analyst on behalf, a political analyst on behalf of Democrats, and he said the Democrats, they knew the truth. Those on the the right didn't. Russia is our enemy. Russia wants to hurt America. They, 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 um, people say metal. They didn't. They invaded cyber invasion in the 2016 election. They're apparently trying to do it again with human sources. Uh, And the people who are repeating this, First, in their defense, the strongest drug I know is confirmation bias, right? So you hear something, I don't like Trump. So somebody says bad about Trump, I'm going to believe it. Um, having said that, people who have a media platform have a responsibility to do more than just nod their head when something confirms their bias. And they have become dupes, what Stalin used to call useful idiots. You hear that phrase a lot these days, and that's what a lot of the right-wing media has become. I don't know what Begala's talking about cyber intel. Is he talking about how Podesta's email ended up in the hands of hackers. That wasn't cyber intel by Russia or anybody. Somebody sent a phishing note to him. Hey, uh, we need your password to change something. And like a useful idiot, Podesta, running the Clinton campaign, sent his email name to them. There's a useful idiot. Paul Begala, he's right there beside you. Now, also beside him, Begala on this appearance on CNN, talking about how the right media, the conservative media, wants to ignore this. They brought in a former Trump White House communications director, Alyssa Griffin. Well, listen, this is the Russian playbook. And I think if the average American had a better understanding of how Russians engage in information warfare and disinformation warfare, and they've been doing it for decades in the U.S., but in this era of democratized media, social media, right wing and part highly polarized partisan media, it's able to be amplified so much quicker. This is textbook. Anytime you see something that caters to exactly to your point, what you dislike about an opponent and it almost seems so out there and there's not much backing it, you should be skeptical. You should be skeptical of information you're Provided. And real journalists will kind of suss that out. But I mean, Sean Hannity mentioned this specific issue more than two dozen times on his program in opening monologues without going into the layers of actually pulling back who this person could be. I think there are a lot of members of Congress, by the way, Republican members, who don't have the sophistication to suss out what might in fact just be Russian disinformation. Ah, she's a beautiful young woman who was at one point the Trump White House communications expert. And right now she's on the other side and talking about how Republicans aren't smart enough to figure this out. And because Hannity mentioned it several times, it must mean it was should be taken without question. How many times have I told you, do not take anyone's word without question, not even mine. Question it every way. When we come back, I want to go back into how they want you to com- completely and conveniently forget How they knew on the left what was going on with the so-called Russian collusion. And even the state-controlled media members at the top level knew, but silence was the word. We will stay silent and destroy over Russian collusion. That was fiction. You can connect with Larry on Twitter at Larry Connors USA. I'm always glad to have new sponsors, but I have turned some down. See, I only endorse clients if I believe in them. And I've been a spokesman for John Beal for 10 years. Through those years, listeners said they went with John Beal because they trusted me. And just recently, a woman named Mary wrote, we got a John Beal roof based on your recommendation. Thank you, Mary, and all the others for calling John Beal. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 1-800-NEW-ROOF. 
No matter how large or small your digging project may be, no matter how urban or rural, you must always call 811 before any digging project. 811 is our national one-call number, alerting your local utility companies to come out and mark any lines they have near your dig site. So before you do this or this, make sure you do this. For digging projects big or small, make the call to 811. Brought to you by Common Ground Alliance. Sometimes you want to do something extra special for someone. Vincent's Jewelers can help you. Maybe you want to do something for yourself. Mark a date, something you accomplished. It doesn't have to be anything really expensive, but it has to mean something now and for the future. Vincent's locally owned just asks for the chance to work with you, as they have with me. On Olive, just east of 270. Every day, new specials at vincentsjewelers.com or Vincent's Facebook. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training, along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, please visit usdeputy.org. I have a personal story about why I trust McGuire Moving and Storage. A relative needed to escape an unhealthy relationship. Josh, Christine, and the McGuire team were understanding, even comforting. That's why I'm honored to endorse McGuire. Since 1935, McGuire's been moving and caring for families. So, moving a home, office, local, or long distance. McGuireMoving.com. McGuireMoving.com. This is News Talk STL. So while we were talking about uh, the stories that were circulating about the FBI informant and how the conservative media, Fox News and Sean Hannity in particular, were constantly talking about this FBI informant, says he has information, he's told the FBI that he's aware that Hunter Biden and Joe Biden each got $5 million from a foreign entity for a special favor. That was the story going around. James Comey and his oversight committee was referring to it. Jim Jordan and the Justice Committee doing the same. The FBI not saying anything about it. Justice Department ignoring it. But now they have decided to file charges against their own informant claiming he lied. He lied at least about those two cases, which makes you wonder if I've been convicted on the testimony of this informant in the past, I'm going to be crying for an appeal. If he lied in this case, did he not lie in my case? And the FBI paid him for it. Maybe paid him in advance that, hey, if you can come up with the right words, here's a check for you. Who knows how deep the conspiracy runs? Let's say the guy did lie, okay? And you being one of those, you're not going to accept what he supposedly was saying. You're going to go along with what you were hearing a moment ago from the former Trump White House spokes coordinator on CNNNN, along with their media critic on CNNNN now, saying how the left just doesn't bother looking for real facts. They just take a story and run with it without question. And let me show you how they're ruling with this story that happened today. James Biden, the president's brother, has been testifying behind closed doors in the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. And James said Joe knew nothing. He was never involved in anything. My brother Joe is pure as snow. This is some of the stuff coming out of the closed-door hearing. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be closed door, but they're going to let leak out what they want to leak out. The Democrats in particular will let that leak out. He said Joe's not involved. Now, of course, your dilemma, are you going to accept what James Biden said at face value? Or do you want to get him in a full public congressional hearing, which he will, and so will Hunter, and put more questions to them? Maybe he's telling the truth. Do I know that he's not? No, I don't. I don't. I'm just looking at how it's been covered by the leftist media. And let me give you another classic example. When they want to talk about how Sean Hannity, Fox News, and all have made a big deal out of the FBI informant, that's because if it happened as described, it is a big deal. If the guy lied, string him up, as far as I'm concerned. He jeopardized the case, the nation, everything else, when he made up stuff that didn't exist. Maybe none of it exists. It could be that. But this we do know. July 21, 2016, Trump and Biden, I'm sorry, Trump and Hillary were in campaigning against each other for November. On July 31, 2016, the FBI opened its investigation into possible Trump-Russia collusion. This was after reports that the campaign advisor for Trump, George Papadopoulos, allegedly told an Australian diplomat Russia had damaging information on Clinton, the Democrat nominee. So Russia was looking to destroy Hillary Clinton so Trump would win. That was the allegation. That FBI investigation opened five days after the plot was hatched by Hillary Clinton and her campaign. It was a dirty tricks campaign. The Department, uh, the Democrat National Committee was also involved. How do we know? Well, because they also had to pay a fine in addition to Hillary. They manufactured this story, and they pushed it all the way to the top, all the way to the top of the news media outlets, and it was basically to cover up her own embarrassment and criminal activity involving using private email servers with classified information. You want additional verification? I would, so I'm going to give it to you. First of all, the head of National Intel at the time, John Radcliffe, revealed, and I'm quoting, Hillary Clinton ordered, quote, a campaign plan to stir up a scandal end of quote, by linking Trump to Russia in 2016. That's John Radcliffe, director of National Intel. He made those remarks, quoted by The Hill, even CNN, and others eventually. National Review points out, after Radcliffe had done that, former CIA director John Brennan did brief President Obama at that time, because he was in charge of the CIA, that Hillary had a plan to tie the Trump campaign to Russia as a means of distracting the public from her private email server scandal before the 2016 election. That is in newly declassified documents. It's not even just not even just the word of Brennan. It's in the documents. And again, the director of National Intel, Radcliffe, said at the direction of President Trump, I declassify additional documents which show all of this. Brennan's notes, which were taken after he briefed Obama and the intel, cited, quote, a proposal from one of her foreign policy advisors to vilify Donald Trump by stirring up a scandal, claiming interference by the Russian Security Service, and it was, quote, approved, alleged approval by Hillary Clinton. I have no doubt that she approved of it and she knew about it. And then they came up with the former British intel officer Christopher Steele and his uh, dossier, which was later used to go after Trump on surveillance and Carter Page. Where was the left media at that point looking for maybe this isn't true and asking hard-line questions, not simply accepting the fact of it? They were nowhere to be found. They wanted Trump to be destroyed, thought he would be destroyed, and they were more than willing to commit crime by omission. 
If we don't do anything, not our fault. The public believes it. All of this information showing again that when Brennan sat down in the Oval Office, he told not only Obama about this being a dirty tricks campaign, but also in the meeting was then Vice President uh, Vice President Biden. Attorney General Lynch was in the meeting. Not and FBI Director Comey, I should add. And not one of them said, this is wrong. This is We've got to let the public know. We need to let the media know this was a dirty tricks campaign. There is no Russian collusion. Not one member of those inside the Oval Office took the high road, the moral, ethical route, and said, we need to go out and say this is all false. And it was created by the Hillary Clinton campaign. So don't lecture me about ethics and you standing on the Oval Office as your moral high ground because you had Obama, Biden, Comey, Lynch, the CIA director with you, that you're telling the truth. When the facts show you were told it was a lie, you were told it was a political trick, and you let it go. You did nothing to dismiss it, stop it, and of course you've got your sycophants at the national media that are more than willing to carry your water and dump it all over Donald Trump. You just sit back and stay silent and try to drown him. Not just water boarding, but drown him. You relate that to how they're making such a big deal now about this FBI informant might have been lying? He may well have been lying from day one. He might have lied from the very first case he ever did for the FBI. We don't know all the cases. There's no doubt that information he gave led to someone being arrested over the past, probably more than one someone's, because they were paying, the FBI was paying him hundreds of thousands of dollars. And now they say only lies he told involved that Hunter and Joe Biden got money, $5 million each, for this oligarch. Those are the only two lies he ever told. (laughs) I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in good planning. And there's a perfect case of good planning to that extent. All right, I want to turn your attention to something else. We talked the other day. And we did in our last hour about how the sales of EV cars are just not working. And Kevin O'Leary explains it best. Some of these cars are getting into older age past seven years and people are starting to see the drop off in their ability, their capacity to store electricity. So the overall mileage goes down. The real the real problem with the EV uh, mandate was that it was just that it was government trying to mandate a conversion. It was the same problem that came up in the recent climate change, the global climate change conference, when finally most countries admitted, look, there's no such thing as replacing hydrocarbons. There's diversification away from hydrocarbons, but there's no path to energy security for any country, including the U.S. domestic. And while that conference was on, I was there. The British said, sorry, everybody, we're going to start pumping oil again because of what's going on in Ukraine. And at the same time, last week, you started to see financial companies like J.P. Morgan saying, look, we can't stay with these mandates. They don't make sense. So everybody has to suck it up now and realize this is going to take a lot longer than people thought, including the EV conversion. The basic problem with EVs is that the mid-market when the majority of cars are sold is they're too expensive. Too expensive and now those who have had them five plus years are realizing I'm going to have to change the battery or go buy a new car and then I've got a piece here in front of me before I continue on the EV issue this is from Breitbart so here's your source so I don't hide it from you John Nolte writing it, between 2013 and 2023, American spending on home appliances jumped 53%. Adjusted for inflation, that's an annual increase of from $390 to $558. At the same time, the cost of appliances did drop 
Well, how did that happen? The Wall Street Journal explains it has to do with a higher rate of replacement. In other words, Yelp users, according over to a two-year period, requested 58% more quotes from thousands of appliance repair businesses last month than they did in January 2022. In other words, your electric or your gas appliance you're buying might be built to fail sooner than it would have. So you have to go buy another, or you will get off of gas and fossil fuels. And then you go back to Tesla. We've talked about how car dealers have them sitting on the lot, can't really move them. I'm looking here at a piece from Fortune magazine talking about car leasing companies are also being pinched. Resales on vehicles are tumbling, and automakers now are trying to meet strict emissions targets, obviously. So some of these car leasing companies are realizing, uh, we're not going to get our money back out of these things we brought in to put in our fleet of leased cars. In fact, we're losing money. I noticed the other day, a car, a blue car with white print on it. I think it was that. might have been white with blue. And then I thought, it says Tesla. No, it doesn't say Tesla. It says Resla. It was a way for you to rent a Tesla for a period of time, just like you rent any other car. And then you have the companies that actually lease you a car, like you would with any other car. You're going to own it or have control of it for a certain period of time. You don't exceed the mileage. You don't do anything really wrong with it. At the end, here will be your money you need to pay to get out of it, or you'll be all even. Car leasing companies that have numerous EVs in their contracts, the depreciation is killing them because used EVs are just not going to hold the market. Why? Well, who knows how much battery is left in the car you're leasing or buying at this point. You don't know if it's been used extensively. You could look and get a charge read on it, but that doesn't mean necessarily it will hold to that all the time. Hertz announcing they will be selling 20,000 EVs out of their fleet. And that amounts to about 33% of the company's total cars. Hertz went in big time. 33% of the cars they were leasing to the customers at Hertz were EVs. All the people love it. They love it. And they probably did and enjoyed it. But now Hertz is on the losing end of it. In return, Hertz says it will use the money from the EV sales. Here it comes to buy gas-powered cars. (laughs) Why? Hertz executives admit gas cars are in much higher demand than EVs. So they're trying to figure out how do we buy these cars back? How do we get money back out of it? I mentioned the other day a Tesla supposedly built out of titanium. I couldn't recall the metal at the time. It's titanium. A lot of money to have that titanium on it. Rain came. Later, the owner noticed orange spots all over it, trying to wipe them off. Well, the booklet says if any water gets on your car, it might turn corrosive. Get it off as quick as possible. You want an EV now? As always, thanks for listening. Remember our pledge, one nation under God. 